It is Wednesday, August 21st, and you are listening to Pink is the New Podcast by me, Trent Venegas, where I recap and comment on the previous week's entertainment and fun, gossipy news. Now, uh, today is the first uh, Wednesday of my um, downtime. So last week, uh, as I mentioned, um, I wrapped final, final, final production on the HGTV series uh, that I've been working on for the past 10 months. And I decided to um, take some time off before I jump into my next gig. So this week is the first week of that. And my assumption was, oh, I'm gonna have all, t- all this time to like, read and write and to record and all that good stuff. But literally overnight, I turned into a complete lazy slug. <laughs> and I've been doing very little of anything. Um, which has been really nice, to be honest. Uh, it's been it's been a crazy 10 months, so uh, I was really looking forward to and am very happy to be enjoying this downtime. But first things first, I will talk a little bit more about that at the end of this podcast, but let's get right into uh, the week's news so we can talk about it. Last Wednesday, Aaron Carter, the poor little train wreck, Aaron Carter, uh, it was reported that he got a uh, restraining order against his ex-girlfriend, Lena Valentina. My God, her name is really Lena Valentina, um, who he claims assaulted him and claims is fond of carrying knives on her person. Uh, I guess he announced that they broke up uh, on August 4th, and then these weeks later um, comes news that he had to file for a restraining order against her. Now, um, you know, it's been a long time since I've talked about Aaron Carter or uh, since he's been on my radar, but... When this story came up, I was like, wow, this is still going on. You know, like Aaron Carter started out as a fun little cute little pop star who had uh, Hillary Duff on one arm and Lindsay Lohan on the other arm. But then he grew up to be a pretty sad case. Um, drug use, arrests, I believe, assaults and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it had been some time since I'd heard about him. So I thought, oh, you know, maybe things have gotten better for him. But it sounds like they have not. So in case you were wondering what's going on with Aaron Carter, now you know. Ugh, so sad. Um, Christina Aguilera announced that uh, her debut album will uh, turn 20 years old on August 24th. So next week... This week, this weekend, the album turns 20 years old. And to celebrate, she will be reissuing the album on picture, disc, vinyl, on cassette, and 
uh, on, in digital with remixes and stuff, stuff that we've never heard before, stuff that's never been released on streaming before or something. I don't know, something like that. So um, I would argue Christina's best work was her debut album. And uh, this weekend it was released 20 years ago. So if you are a fan, you might want to dust off your copy, give it a listen, maybe pick up one of these new reissues. I ended up picking up this record on, uh, I believe, Hot Pink Vinyl when Urban Outfitters issued it last year or two years ago. So I'm good. I'm good on the Extina-ness. Um, but 20 years, man, 20 years of Genie in a Bottle. Can you believe it? Crazy. Um, oh, a couple little notes I made about the record. The record uh, originally debuted at number one when it was released. And it has gone eight times platinum since its release. So, yeah, it's a, it was a monster hit, and it's worth celebrating. So let's get out there and celebrate it. Um, some very upsetting news was reported last week. Uh, Peter Murphy, the lead singer of Bauhaus, suffered a heart attack, which sucks. He was, uh, I believe he had just launched or was about to launch um, a residency in New York, and he had to postpone it. Um, the report states that, quote, he had two stents placed in his right coronary artery and was started on medications to manage his heart condition. So here's hoping that uh, he's doing okay. Um, Peter Murphy's one of my favorites, and it's, it's, it sucks to hear that he's not doing well, um, that this had happened to him. I recently saw um, Peter Murphy when he was here in L.A. doing a set of residency shows, performing uh, Bauhaus records in full. And he looked great. He sounded great. Um, I had a really, really good time seeing him in concert. So it's uh, it sucks that he, you know, there he tends to like cancel shows. I think the only person who cancels more shows than him is Morrissey. Um, so it's a little bit of, uh, a joke whenever Peter Murphy cancels, but clearly this time there is no joke. He's, he's not doing well, but hopefully he's on the road to recovery and will be back, uh, in performance shape soon. Um, rumor has it that Deborah Messing and Megan Mullally, co-stars from Will and Grace, are feuding and uh, there's speculation that uh, their feud might have something to do with the end of the reboot of Will and Grace. Now, personally, I don't believe that. I don't believe that this feud caused the end of the show or the show to not get renewed. But I do tend to believe that the two women are not getting along. There's social media drama where they're... Um, I believe Deborah was like uh, tagging her co-stars for like Emmy consideration, but she didn't tag Megan and then Megan unfollowed her and now they're unfollowing one another and all of that. Look, you don't have to be a psychic to know uh, what's going on when you follow people's uh, behavior on social media. People that are purposely untagged or uh, unfollowed, that that says something. So the fact that these two have social media drama going on says to me 
something is amiss. So hopefully uh, the two of them will, you know, make up, maybe? I don't know. Will and Grace is over, probably for good. Um, and it would be sad for these two women to just not be friends. So hopefully they can get over it. Um, I am happy to report that after watching Beverly Hills 90210, the debut episode, the the new BH90210 reboot, I was not sure if I liked it, but having watched the second episode, I I like it. I get it. I get why it's good. Um, it's a it's a very fun faux uh, look into the lives of these actors as they play the characters that we love. Like, I get it. It's hard to explain, and it was a really hard sell for a very long time for me, but having watched the second episode... I'm very encouraged that um, that the show is going to to do well. Um, but I bring that up only because news of how much money each of the actors is making per episode has been released and or at least leaked. I'm not sure if this is official, but um, it is very interesting. Jenny Garth, Tori Spelling, Gabrielle Carteris, Shannon Doherty, Jason Priestley, Brian Austin Green, and Ian Ziering are making $70,000 per episode, which means they get $420,000 base salary for the six-episode limited series of BH90210. So almost half a million dollars, which is not bad, not bad. Um, Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling receive an additional $15,000 per episode because they co-created the show. And Jason Priestley, uh, who I believe directed one of the episodes, uh, is earning an additional $46,000 for his work behind the camera. So the, uh, the actors are making pretty good money. Like, this is very, very good money. And the show is doing well, or at least I believe it's doing well. The reviews are great. Everyone I know who watches it is loving it. And I'm finally getting it. I finally love it. So... Good news for the BH90210 reboot all the way around. There's four episodes left. So if you're not watching, you still have time to catch up and see what you think. Last Thursday, the demo version of Peace of Me by Britney Spears was leaked to the internets. The song was written and uh, the demo was recorded by Robin. And for all these years since that song was officially released... The demo version has never surfaced until a small snippet snippet, uh, surfaced last week and then the full version was made its way online. The song is very similar to Britney's version and you could tell very clearly that it's Robin's background vocals that were kept in the final mix. So um, if you are a Britney Spears fan, like you should be, if you love our dear Britney, and you are a Robin fan, you're going to want to check out the demo version of Peace of Me um, as recorded by Robin. It's pretty cool. Katy Perry. Now, this is weird. This is upsetting. But this is worth talking about. Katy Perry has been accused of sexual misconduct. Tina Kandalaki is alleging that Katy Perry harassed her at an industry party where Perry made unwanted advances, fondled her, and Perry inappropriately touched her and tried to kiss her. Now, 
I share this news only because had it been a man who had been accused of this, I would be outraged and I would for sure want to share the news. So just because it's a woman who is being accused by another woman, um, this is newsworthy to me. Now, of course, I have to stipulate and it's very, very uh, important to say that you know, nothing's been proven. No one's been um, convicted of anything. Uh, no one's admitted anything. But allegations like this are serious. And I believe women. So if this Tina Kandalaki claims that this happened, I tend to believe um, that it did. So, you know, make of this news what you will. Um, it's pretty upsetting, you know, uh, when, when all that, when, when news came out of Ryan Adams's poor behavior earlier this year and just the shitty way that he has treated women, I've canceled him. Like I, I unfollowed him. I, I stayed, I stayed, uh, connected to him on social media after he stopped tweeting and, and Instagramming. And then in recent weeks, I want to say like two weeks ago, maybe he started like posting again pretending like nothing was wrong, like everything was normal. And people were like, oh my God, we're so glad you're back. I couldn't, I couldn't, I had to unfollow him and I'm done. So um, allegations like this are very serious and they're worth, they're worth talking about because this kind of behavior shouldn't be condoned, nor should it be brushed under the rug. All right, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, Toy Story 4 just crossed the billion dollar mark at the box office. Which means, again, that every Disney movie that has been released this year has made at least a billion dollars at the box office. Disney becomes the first studio to have five films cross the billion dollar mark in a calendar year. And it's not even the end of the year yet. So Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, Aladdin, The Lion King, and now Toy Story 4 all have made at least a billion dollars so congratulations to Disney for making a shit ton of money, like they always do. Um, a TV version of the movie Love, Simon uh, is being created, uh, produced for Disney+, Plus, the upcoming Disney streaming network. And it will star Michael Cimino. Cimino? Cimino. As Victor, a new student at Creekwood High School on his own journey of self-discovery, struggling with the sexual orientation. When it all seems too much, he reaches out to Simon to help him navigate the ups and downs of high school. So Nick Robinson is coming back as Simon for a cameo. Uh, and he will also uh, be the regular narrator of the show. And he's also going to be an executive producer for this Love, Simon sequel series. So I loved that movie. Uh, and I think shows like this are so important for young people. So I'm so glad that Disney is committing to um, to this kind of programming. And I am in full support. Uh, let's see. Oh, <clears throat> last Thursday, Taylor Swift released the title track Lover with a lyric video. So from her upcoming uh, new album, Lover, she released Lover. And uh, the countdown is on for the release of her record. Her record comes out this Friday. 
So if you're a Taylor Swift fan, um, you're going to want to be at your record store or download it as soon as it's released. Um, shortly after Lover was released officially, the track list was unofficially leaked and then officially confirmed. So the 18 songs on the uh, album are... One, I Forgot You Existed. Two, Cruel Summer. Three, Lover. Four, The Man. Five, The Archer. Six, I Think He Knows. Seven, Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Heartbreak Prince. Eight, Paper Rings. Nine, Cornelia Street. Ten, Death by a Thousand Cuts. Eleven, London Boy. Hmm, I wonder who that one's about. 12, Soon You'll Get Better, featuring the Dixie Chicks. 13, False God. 14, You Need to Calm Down. 15, Afterglow. 16, Me featuring Brandon Yuri. 17, It's Nice to Have a Friend. And 18, Daylight. As a result of the leak of this track listing, so how it leaked was a Target employee got a copy of the record or of the CD in hand, took a picture of the back of it with the track listing and posted it online. So as soon as that happened, Target pulled all of the copies they have in store, locked up all the boxes under high security and are being now locked in rooms that are monitored 24-7 by security cameras ahead of the release uh, on 823. So... You know, Taylor Swift is trying to keep her shiznit on lockdown, and Target is helping her do so. On a personal note, last Friday, uh, Wes and I went out dancing for the first time in forever. I've been so busy, I haven't had a chance to really do anything. And I took him to Candy Pop for his first time, and I hadn't been in months. I haven't been this year. And Candy Pop is uh, a dance party where all the music is like... The best bubblegum pop from, like, the early 2000s. No remixes. um, Packed full of, like, just people screaming the the songs. And it's hot in there. And the dancing is great. And we had a really, really good time. So that's how I celebrated the the end of my Brady-ness. That was the day, my last day of work. So uh, I wanted to go dancing, and Wes, Wes wanted to uh, come with me, and we had a really good time. And on a personal note, I also want to thank um, Wes publicly for being super sweet to me that day. Uh, he uh, got me a little gift, a good job gift, a little plant of lavender so that my apartment smells nice, which is really nice, and a balloon that he hand-painted... Uh, with a design on both sides of the balloon. So, super sweet. It was a nice way for me to uh, wrap out my Brady job. So, uh, last Friday was fun. So, that's what I did last Friday. Um, Saturday was my first day, quote-unquote, off. My first day of unemployment. And uh, I decided to just, you know what? I didn't want to do anything. I sit on the couch all day long and I watched one and a half seasons of The Crown on Netflix. And now I am newly obsessed. So again, thanks to Wes, he is a huge, huge fan of um, princess movies, royal movies and series. Like, he watches them all. Like, 
you know, the Princess Diaries. And I mean, like, he watches them all, which I think is so funny. And he recommended I check out The Crown. And now I'm super obsessed with the British royal family. I did not expect the me to like the show very much because I don't really care about the British family. Like, I love talking about them in, in pop culture terms and all of that, you know, babies and weddings and all that. But, like, I don't really care about the family. So I thought, like, I don't, I'm, I don't think the series is going to work for me. But the show is so well written, so well acted, and so well directed that you see that these characters are real people and then you start to care about them. And now I actually do. Like... I love it. So I devoured the first season and then immediately went to the second season. I finished the whole thing already. So I finished the first two seasons and the third season comes out in November and I can't wait for that. Um, So uh, at the end of that, you know, uh, another friend of mine, uh, Mary, mentioned that if I love The Crown, that I should watch Victoria, which is about Queen Victoria, who goes back even farther into the past. Um... And I started watching that, and I finished the first season of that. And so, yeah, like, now maybe I'm a connoisseur of princess movies. I don't know. But um, it all started this last weekend. So if you're, uh, you need to check out The Crown. Trust me. It's really, really good. Victoria is, like, my second new obsession. So all this, this British royal drama makes for really, really great TV. All right. On Sunday... The first photos of Lee Pace and his boyfriend of two years, Matthew Foley, surfaced. Now, actor Lee Pace um, had not been out for most of his career. And then last year, he was forced out of the closet. And um, and now he and his boyfriend, Matthew, have, are, I guess, going public, being photographed publicly which is great. It's always really, really great when you hear about um, someone who gets dragged out of the closet against their will, but then they're finally at a place where they feel comfortable enough to just be who they are, to do what they want to do, and, you know, to live their lives. So um, the pictures are really cute. If you're a Lee Pace fan, maybe check them out. Um, Yeah, so good for him. Uh, it's great that they, he's been together with, uh, Matthew for two years because in gay terms, that's like a lifetime. So congratulations, boys. Keep it going. Dwayne The Rock Johnson and his, uh, lady friend, Lauren Hashian, who've been together for 12 years and have two daughters, got married. So they got married in Hawaii last week. So after 12 years together, they decided to finally tie the knot, make it official. Congratulations to them. Their wedding photos are beautiful. They're readily, easily available, searchable. So check them out. Uh, Congratulations to The Rock and Lauren on your new wedded bliss. Um, The trailer for a movie called Underwater came out. uh, And it, it features Kristen Stewart who I mentioned previously is starring in the new Charlie's Angels reboot. And uh, so I was, I like what I see of Kristen Stewart in the Charlie's Angels movies. Like, I know, like, some people aren't loving them. I'm hearing from some people that they think it looks dumb and whatever. Uh, But I like what I see for Charlie's Angels. Now, uh, this underwater movie looked, the the, the premise sounded dumb and and the trailer looked dumb until I watched it. And I thought, oh, this is kind of a dumb movie. I think I'll enjoy it. Um, so I don't know, 
maybe my taste level has gone down or my expectation level has gone down. I don't know. But there's a trailer for a movie called Underwater where these scientists are like, I don't know, seven miles underwater and like an earthquake hits and then monsters come out of the ocean floor or aliens or something and they got to fight for their lives. And I don't know. It sounds fun. Hopefully it'll be fun. Um, check out the trailer. See what you think. Um, it's not, it doesn't come out till January, so there's enough time for me to be like, nah, this is terrible, but I don't know, it looks kind of fun, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, uh, but the really big news, and the most exciting news for me on Sunday, was Netflix announced that He-Man and the Masters of the Universe is being rebooted once again in animated form, and it's coming out, and comic book nerd Kevin Smith is in charge. So... The way I understand it, this new version of He-Man, I believe it's called Revelation, Masters of the Universe Revelation or something like that, it's going to pick up where the 80s series left off. So it's kind of like a sequel or a continuation, let's say. I also understand it will not be connected to the current She-Ra reboot that's happening on Netflix and that the animation styles will be different and that they will exist independently of one another. I don't care what. I love He-Man. He-Man is one of my favorite things of all time. So I'm very excited by this news. I cannot wait. Uh, I don't think they've announced when it's going to come out. It was just announced that the reboot is coming, so it probably won't come out until next year or whatever. But He-Man is coming back, and I'm so happy! And I trust Kevin Smith to do right by this series. Like, he, he gets it. He's a fan, and he gets it. And I will be watching this uh new story with great anticipation because like i said i love he-man skeletor man-at-arms orko tila i love all of that shit so i'm very excited that it's coming back let's see on monday uh it was reported that a prequel series to the movie practical magic has been ordered for hbo max so the, the movie, I believe it came out in the late 90s, uh, Sandra Bullock and uh, Nicole Kidman as like witches and their aunts. Um, so Practical Magic, the series, will probably focus on the aunts when they were young and is coming to HBO Max, which is uh, Warner Brothers' forthcoming streaming uh, network channel. So for the longest time, I did not like Practical Magic. Um, long story short, I always, in, in, I, I do not, all right. So I am not a fan of like stereotypical, uh, versions of like witches. I think it's insulting and I think it's demeaning, you know, the, the, the wart on the nose and all of that. Like, I'm not a fan of all that kind of stuff. So when Practical Magic came out, I thought that this kind of fell in line with that kind of, um, demeaning sort of of storytelling so i just discounted it and 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 was never a fan of it without watching it in recent years for whatever reason i decided to just see what i was missing and i realized i was really wrong to misjudge it it's a cute movie um it's it's i i like it i like it so i felt i i guess i am now a fan of practical magic whatever so this sequel prequel series sounds like it could be pretty cool. So HBO Max, it's coming. Let's see how it turns out.
in music chart news, after 19 weeks at number one, Lil Nas X's song Old Town Road, which is built on the Nine Inch Nails song, uh, Ghosts 34, I believe, um, it fell from the number one spot. So it was the number one song for 19 weeks, the longest number one song in music history, um, but no longer. After 19 weeks at number one, Billie Eilish's bad guy dethroned Old Town Road and became the new number one song. So congratulations, Billie. Well done, Lil Nas X. And uh, time marches on. Things can't stay number one forever. Tom Hiddleston uh, gave some information about what his upcoming loki series will be like so it will be six episodes long and it will feature quote the unredeemed loki from the avengers films so it does look like the loki that disappeared uh in avengers endgame is the loki that we are going to see in this loki series and um it will only be a six episode limited series for disney plus so uh, I can't wait to see it. I love Loki, and uh, yeah, let's see. Like, I, I'm excited to see the first footage, like the first trailer and shit like that. So, um, Disney Plus launches in November, so we should be seeing trailers very soon. Uh, the Disney 23 Expo fan convention is this weekend, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we start getting trailers. Like, the Disney 23 Expo is kind of like Comic-Con for just Disney, so I would not be surprised if we start seeing trailers coming out this weekend. So stay tuned. I'll let you know next week if we do. Katie Holmes and Jamie Foxx, who have been together for a reported six years, have broken up. Um, so even though I don't recall that they actually officially confirmed that they were really together, um, the common belief is that uh, Katie and Jamie Foxx had been together for the past six years, but are no longer. Um, as I understand it, um, even though they were together, Jamie liked to go out, he liked to party, he liked to take pictures with people and have a good time, and that really wasn't her style. So she never went out. And I guess six years of that kindly, kind, finally broke them up. So uh, Katie and Jamie are donezo. Uh, someone get me a spork to piece the spork out of their relationship. Um, Harry Styles is on the cover of the new issue of Rolling Stone. Um, so I think it's very clear that he has uh, another record on the way. Um, and as you may recall, I mentioned in a previous podcast that he decided to pass on the role of Prince Eric in the forthcoming Little Mermaid live action movie. So um, Harry will probably still be doing acting but it sounds like uh, this Rolling Stone cover is signaling to us that his focus for at least the immediate future will be on music. So if you're a Harry Styles fan, good news for you. Um, Popeyes, the fast food restaurant Popeyes, known for their Cajun chicken, um, has launched a chicken sandwich that they want to uh, have people eat instead of the homophobic shit that Chick-fil-A really, uh, sells. So if you're a fan of chicken sandwiches and you just love them so much that you don't care about the rights of the LGBT community because 
the horrible, homophobic, hateful company Chick-fil-A um, does everything they can to donate to anti-LGBT organizations. If you love chicken so much, chicken sandwiches so much, that you'd rather eat your chicken sandwich than support the LGBT cause, then you can now go to Popeye's and eat a chicken sandwich there, which will not fund uh, anti-LGBTQ organizations and get your soul back. So Popeye's, you're awesome. I love you. I will definitely be eating your chicken sandwiches, your chicken tenders, your chicken nuggets, your Cajun fries, um, and Chick-fil-A can fuck themselves. Do, 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 do. Um, oh, 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 oh. So in recent, maybe last week, or in a previous podcast, uh, I mentioned that Miley Cyrus and Liam Hensworth uh, are over. Uh, and it looks like uh, Miley has wasted no time to start uh, dating someone new, or at least hooking up with someone new, because she has been seen all over the place, cavorting with in a romantic fashion uh one caitlin carter so miley and caitlin were reportedly recently spotted quote basically having sex at the soho house in west hollywood now i don't really know what that means um nor do i necessarily put a lot of stock in these uh you know unnamed source rumors But I've been in this business long enough to know that, A, where there's smoke, there's fire. B, um, shit like this does happen fairly regularly where celebrities either don't care or they're just not paying attention to who's around them. Um, So whether this, this is a fling for Miley, whether she's trying to get back at Liam or whether she's really just into this Caitlyn woman... Um, good for her. She can do whatever the hell she wants. And congratulations, girl. Go get yours and have fun doing it. Um, on Tuesday, um, it was reported that the new James Bond movie has been given its title. So, again, in a previous podcast, I mentioned that the new 007 will be played by a black woman. But Daniel Craig will continue to play the role of James Bond. So in the next James Bond film, uh, the title has been revealed, No Time to Die. So James Bond, No Time to Die, or 007, No Time to Die, or whatever. But No Time to Die is the title of the new James Bond movie. Um, And it will be released on April 8th of next year. The, uh, let's see. So there's two really big stories from Tuesday that I want to save for last. Let me... Okay, so let me mention that uh, Netflix is doing a series on the life of Selena. Tejano Tejano music star Selena Quintanilla um, is getting... uh, There's going to be a series about her young life. And Netflix has announced that... Christian Serratos from The Walking Dead uh, is in negotiations to play Selena on this series. So you Selena fans, me included, can look forward to the series and can look forward to Christian Serratos playing Selena in, in this new series. So that's really, really great news. All right. 
So the two big pieces of news that came out on Tuesday. First, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss have signed on to make another Matrix movie. So after the Matrix trilogy from the 90s was released all those years ago, they are Keanu and Carrie are coming back for The Matrix 4. And it will be directed by Lana Warshawski, or however you say her last name. And uh, it's, it's really big news. I mean, like, if you think about it, you know, these reboots uh, with, with the original stars coming back is super, super hot right now. Beverly Hills 90210 is super hot right now. Um, there's a new Rambo movie coming out with Sylvester Stallone still playing Rambo. Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Lyndall Hamilton are coming back in a new Terminator movie. So it makes sense that this sequel reboot with the original stars thing is happening. And the fact that Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss are coming back is the best news ever. I love The Matrix. I kind of liked the second and third Matrix movies. So, um, you know, I'm not really like the biggest Matrix fan because of that. I do love the first film and I am very excited for this fourth film. So um, if you're a Matrix fan, you should be excited too because to have Keanu and Carrie Ann come back, really, really great news. But the biggest news from Tuesday um, is the sad news that Disney and Sony have not come to an agreement moving forward with the way that Spider-Man will appear in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And as a result, Spidey is reportedly pulled from the Marvel films moving forward. So, as you may know, Sony owns the movie rights to Spider-Man from a deal that they struck with Marvel Comics in the 90s when Marvel Comics was going out of business. Like, they were just, they had no money, they were going bankrupt, they were going to close. Like, Marvel Comics was going to end and they started selling off the movie rights to their biggest characters to keep afloat. Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, X-Men. And those movies and the money generated from those movies helped Marvel stay afloat, flourish, and then become the monster behemoth that they are now with their own movie studio and their own set of billion-dollar movies. So, because of that deal... Sony retains the rights to make Spider-Man movies for as long as they want, as long as they keep making movies. So I think, the, I think it's like they have to release a movie every 10 years or something. And as long as they do, they retain the rights to, to keep making the movies. In spite of the sale of Marvel Comics to Disney, this deal is still intact. So in recent years, Disney, Marvel... And Sony reached an agreement where they would share Spider-Man in both of their movies. So that meant that Sony would make, you know, their own movies. And then Spider-Man would also appear in the Marvel movies like Avengers. Um, so to, to round out the whole Marvel cinematic universe. Now, as I understand it, and it's kind of complicated... Um, the Spider-Man movies that Sony has made with Tobey Maguire and then with Andrew Garfield, they weren't great. Like, some of them did well, most of them did not do well, and they weren't really these major, major box office blockbusters that Sony was hoping. 
once Sony teamed up with Marvel and started sharing Spider-Man, that's when they started making a real shit ton of money. So Spider-Man So Far From Home recently crossed the billion dollar mark and Sony has been able to reap all of that money. And arguably, you could say that that success is due to the fact that Spider-Man also appeared in Avengers and Kevin Feige, the, the president of Marvel, helped produce those movies. So Disney and Marvel has a stake in the success of these Spider-Man movies. So as I understand it, Disney was like, all right, moving forward, we want to split the money 50-50 because they argue that it's their influence and their, um, you know, their other movies that help make Spider-Man such a success. Sony said no. So Sony is blaming Disney saying, you know, that they walked away from the deal. Um, but as I understand it, it's Sony being greedy and stupid, which is why this deal did not fall through. Now, I also read a report that negotiations are still underway that it's not like a done-done deal that Spider-Man is out of the MCU, that they're not going to work together anymore. And that sounds reasonable to me, because when you hear these stories about like, you know, oh, Spider-Man's out, blah, 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 it's so dramatic and people get so pissed off. These news stories are leaked to see how the public reaction uh, is so that a determination can be made. So I suppose it in the realm of possibility that someone on the Disney side or whatever leaked the news that Spider-Man is out hoping that the public would get pissed off, which they did very publicly and would hopefully force Sony to come back to the negotiating table and work out a deal. I think Sony is totally stupid if they do not continue to work with Marvel. Now maybe 50, 50 is too much and if Disney is unmovable in that, mm, I could understand that. But they need to figure out a deal where Spider-Man can still exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and in whatever bullshit Sony's doing on their own. Because the Sony movies will not do well if Spider-Man is yanked away from the rest of the uh, Avengers characters. I'm telling you. It's just dumb. It's just dumb and it's greedy on Sony's part. I get it. I get it. Like, I get why they want to keep all their money. They invested in this character for the longest time, and they're arguably responsible for Marvel's success now by buying up the rights all those many years ago. But times have changed, and at this point, you can't take anything for granted. So hopefully Sony will wisen up. Hopefully Sony and Disney will figure out a way to work together to keep Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because if not, I fear one of my favorite characters, my absolute favorite Marvel character, will suffer as a result. So that was the news for the week, people. That was the news for the week. Um, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, um, this week is a week of downtime for me. Uh, I had big plans of like going to Six Flags Magic Mountain to ride roller coasters, but I haven't really had the strength to do that yet because I've been too busy lounging. Um, you know, I've had plans to read. I bought um, a new book, uh, the, the, the Diary and Letters of Queen Victoria. So having watched Victoria, I was very pleased to learn that she kept a diary every single day from when she was 13 years old to like 10 days before she died. Um, you know, 
70 years later or however long years later. So the woman wrote every single day in her, in her diary and, and parts of her journals and letters have been published in book form. And I bought one of those books. And so I do want to read some, I want to watch movies. Um, want to watch TV shows. I just want to relax. So I think I'm going to really take it easy this week. Um, be a lazy bum. After 10 months, I kind of think I deserved it. Yeah, I deserve it. So that's all I have for you. I hope that you guys have a great week. I hope you had a great week. Um, Thanks for listening. Uh, Yeah, so let's meet here next week. Do it all over again. And in the meantime, um, yeah, I guess I'll talk to you then. Don't forget, Taylor Swift's new record comes out on Friday. So give it a listen so we can talk about it next week. Um, oh, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom, one of my favorite new shows. Siri, uh, sorry, season finale episode aired last night. And oh my God, what a crazy season. Um, I don't really want to spoil it yet. Oh, I guess I should because I'm probably not going to talk about this in a future podcast, at least until the show comes back. But um, a major character... Okay, I'm spoiling this. So if you haven't listened, if you haven't watched the... If you're not caught up with Animal Kingdom and you don't want to be spoiled, maybe sign off now because uh, I'm going to talk about it for a little bit and then end this podcast. So a major character was killed. Smurf. Smurf, the matriarch of the Cody family, played by Ellen Barkin, was killed off last week and I was blown away. And then last night, the uh, ramifications of her death the revelation of her will and the um, the revelation of how the Cody boys are going to move forward without her was all revealed. And I loved the way this season ended. Animal Kingdom, I devoured it as, as quickly as I could, caught up and was able to watch this final or this fourth season in real time. And I loved it. I loved it. So... Um, I can't wait for Animal Kingdom to come back next year. Season five has already been greenlit, so that's awesome. And all right, that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. Um, you guys have a great week. I will talk to you next week. Love you all. Love you all. Love you all. <laughs>